Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hesline. Hey, Meredith. Excited for today's show. I feel like I'm always on when it's semi-controversial opinions, but I'm ready to get into it. You know what? We love it when Megan gets spicy, so. <laughs> Can't wait. No. Um, Well, we are excited to have you on the show because the theme of this week on Land Grant is bold predictions, Um, but this is also Big Ten Media Days this week. Uh, We have a lot to get into with that, but first we've got some walk-in items. Um, Megan, I saw yesterday that Julio Jones got signed to the Bucks, which I feel like is just not fair. Yeah, honestly, this receiving core is now stacked as if it wasn't already. They already have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, who's returning from injury. And now they signed Julio to a one-year deal. Brady possibly could be his last year. This might be just, you know, the push that he needs to get to the playoffs. I mean, Julio's been down the past year or so and, you know, dealt with injuries. So it'll be interesting to see if he bounces back, but... If he plays his full potential, man, he's going to be a huge help to the Bucks' offense. Oh, for sure. And, you know, Julio is kind of in the same position that Megatron was in, right? Well, to a lesser degree because the Falcons had been good at different points during his mm-hmm. career. True. But, like, yeah, he's just never been in a position to, you know, be on a winning, consistently winning team or have a consistently winning quarterback a la Tom Brady. Um but in addition to all of the receiving core that you mentioned, let's not forget that Gronk has said that if Tom Brady called him, he would consider coming back. So they have that in their back pocket as well. Yeah, the Bucks are pretty much set, I think. I mean, this addition is just just one more great player on their team. I mean, of course it's going to work out for Tom Brady. It always does, right? Ugh, well, this might ruin one of my predictions for later, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, And then the other piece of news from yesterday was that Joe Burrow is scheduled to have an appendectomy. So hoping all is well with him. Yeah, this is super random news. Um, Yeah, like you said, I hope it goes well. But (laughs) my friend yesterday was talking about how we hope he's not moving through the injury alphabet because he already hurt his ACL. Now it's the appendectomy. Is Achilles next? Like, I hope not. But I'm sure everything's going to be fine. But yeah, definitely a little bit of concern there. 
uh, hopefully he gets back to practice and everything looks good soon. Yeah. And, you know, the timing definitely not great with starting training camp this week, but like, I don't know. I feel like when I was growing up, I thought like having appendicitis and having your appendix removed was like a big deal, but apparently you're just like kind of down for a few days and then you're back to normal. Once it's removed, it's like fine. It's just if it ruptures, right. it's the problem. Yeah. And I'm not sure. a doctor, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah. I've Luckily, I've never had to deal with that. Hopefully, I don't. But yeah, well wishes to Joey B. Hopefully, everything goes smoothly. Um, speaking of training camp, did you have a chance to catch Aaron Rodgers' outfit as he headed to Green Bay? That was iconic. Please. <laughs> he looked exactly like Nick Cage. I loved I it, personally. Uh Eh, you know you don't like Aaron Rodgers <laughs> <laughs> not a big it ebbs and flows right um, but certainly a look uh, and certainly excited to have views flashes of drama whether it's outfits or otherwise as we are finally back into training camp um but anyway and the Jets yeah. I mean our tight end CJ Zuma he had a t-shirt with it was a picture of Zach Wilson on the cover of Time magazine because Zach Wilson is just all the rage these days so just another great training camp look I think that's cute love the support of the quarterback (laughs) exactly well um as we mentioned at the top of the show uh we have Big Ten media days this week we are recording on Wednesday um and so media days just kicked off this yesterday uh, with Michigan, Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota, Indiana, Iowa, and Northwestern. Um, as an aside, this reminds me when the Big Ten was the leaders and legends division. I don't know. It was so hard for me to remember like who was in each. <laughs> and my husband was like, it's the M's, the N's in Iowa. Um, and oh. I feel like we had a similar vibe yeah. from media days yesterday. That's fine. Um, but anyway, media days are always an exciting time. They're certainly very exciting this year because there's so much buzz around the news of USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, um, impending media rights deals to be announced hopefully soon because I've been like anticipating this for months. Um, but overall, we're one month – I guess the big takeaway, we're one month from kickoff, Megan. Yeah, starting with Nebraska and Northwestern in Ireland. That's going to be different. I'm excited for that, but – Scott Frost did not mince words when he was talking about the trip. He simply said, like, we didn't earn this trip. It's a business trip. And I was like, wow, okay, don't sound, like, excited about it or anything. But, hey, I'm excited about it. It should be interesting. I mean, Ireland, that's that's going to be crazy. So you're a fan of the international games? Oh, for sure. I think it's nice to switch it up. I mean, obviously, that means 99% of fans can't go. but Hey, I think it's I think it's cool. Something different. Yeah. I mean, I don't buy the recruiting pitch or the idea that this will expand interest in college football overseas. No. But like it is as a fan on college football opening weekend, it's kind of fun when you have games kicking off in different time zones because you can almost have like 24 hours of football. Right. And what better way to kick things off? Yeah, exactly. For this to be the first game, I mean, where else other than Ireland? Come on. Yeah, Um, definitely interesting on Scott Frost. Uh, If anyone was on the chopping block last year, it would have been Scott Frost 
I found this really interesting, and I guess I didn't put the pieces together until media days. The Big Ten is returning all 14 of its head coaches. I did not realize that either. That is, wow, that is really surprising. Yeah. In terms of, I mean, we all know that the Big Ten is one of the most stable conferences, but, Mm -hmm. you know, in corporate America, we talk about recruitment and retention, and the Big Ten seems to manage that pretty well on both fronts. Yeah, (laughs) that's funny. But I mean, you, yeah, I'm surprised Scott Frost has lasted this long, honestly. But yeah, I guess they're just going to give him one last shot. This has to be his last season. He definitely is still in the hot seat, but I guess we'll see. I don't know. I feel like, and and this is interesting for separate reasons. I was looking up Nebraska's sellout streak and like Nebraska's boosters will literally buy all the remaining tickets to not sold out games so that the streak can continue. And I feel like their fandom around Scott Frost is like in a similar vein. Wow. The Nebraska faithful just love him. They love that they have an alumnus in the head coaching seat and they're just giving him so many chances. I mean, last year, the restructuring of his offensive staff it felt like if he didn't turn it around by the end of the season, he would be out and he did not turn it around by the end of the season and he still wasn't out. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, I guess they do, you know, value having an alumnus, like you said, but, you know, at what point is that going to take priority over winning football games, you know? So I don't know, maybe now that he's kind of had a season under his belt with this new look offensive staff, maybe this will be the season. I guess we'll see. Well, if anyone, you know, besides Ohio State, obviously has an exciting start to the season, it is Nebraska because after Northwestern, they will play in Lincoln against Oklahoma um, later on in September, which I feel like it's one of the other premier out-of-conference matchups in the Big Ten besides Ohio State and Notre Dame. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I feel like, I don't know if it's going to be a close game, but... Hey, Oklahoma probably won't be as good this year, obviously, with like half their team leaving. So if this is this is the year to play them if you're going to. So that'll be a good game for sure for Nebraska. It's true. They could end up, you know, with all of their dramatics aside, they could end up winning that game. Who knows? But to be honest, both of them are both uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma seem to be pretty dramatic heading into 2022. (laughs) True. Should be an interesting game. For sure. But beyond Nebraska, there's obviously 13 other schools, soon to be a lot of other schools with the expansion to USC and UCLA. Um, Commissioner Kevin Warren did address the expansion during his time at Big Ten Media Days yesterday and said that they could expand even more. How do you feel? What are you thinking? I am so not a fan. I honestly, I don't even want USC and UCLA. This is, I feel like it's just getting out of control. And I don't know. I mean, the Big Ten's soon going to become like the big like 25, I feel like. And I don't know, just conference realignment is seriously just wild right now. And I know it's like all about the money, Kevin Warren claimed. Their focus is on the student-athletes. I totally disagree. I think it's about as much money they can get. But it's also focused on solely, I feel like, football. Like, you got to think of the other sports affected by this and how 
these West Coast teams could definitely screw them over too. Like, I don't know, my first thought was softball because that's my sport. And UCLA softball is a national championship contender every year. And now Ohio State's got to play them and all these other schools and just all these other sports too. I mean, I feel like we're just not really thinking this through. We're just seeing the green and going for that. So personally, I'm not a fan of it, but I feel like it's happening. So I better get on board. But that's my little soapbox. I'll get off my soapbox right now. But yeah. Well, I'm a fan for all of the reasons you mentioned. You're not a fan. I think it's (laughs) awesome for the Big Ten if we can get champions from other sports. Like think about UCLA gymnastics and swimming. Um, All of a sudden, the Big Ten can be a champion in those areas where it's not been competitive in the past. I know folks are really excited about baseball. Um, And then when you think about basketball too, having the historic powers of UCLA and Indiana in the same conference, being able to see UCLA and Indiana play year in and year out, that is pretty exciting to me. Um, And then when it comes to women's basketball, obviously neither the Pac-12 at all, including UCLA and USC, nor the Big Ten as a collective conference have been very successful in terms of getting championships. But as we've seen women's basketball getting a little bit more parity in recent years mm-hmm. and certainly increasing in visibility and its revenue, um, you know, there's a huge opportunity for teams that are on the rise to win a championship or to make a final four um, as the sport is getting a lot bigger. But I don't know, you know, similar to how the Big Ten is maintaining all of its coaching staff or all of its head coaches heading into this year in terms of football. uh, It just feels like the Big Ten is very savvy from a business perspective in terms of making these decisions. So I'm excited. I I feel like Kevin Warren is doing a really stand up job. And I don't know. I'm sorry that you're not excited about <laughs> what's going to happen with softball, but I'm pretty jazzed to see what happens <laughs> in the years. Um, additionally, like I'm not too fussed. I feel like Rose Bowl tickets at this point have become somewhat unattainable. Um, mm-hmm. I remember we tried to like we just casually looked into going last year, and it was like two thousand bucks a ticket, and we were like, ah, yeah. this is no. probably not doable currently. But the opportunity to go see Ohio State play in the Rose Bowl, maybe not in the Rose Bowl game, um, could be cool in the future. So I'm I'm jazzed. Who doesn't love a trip to Southern California? Hey, I'm on board with that. I'll go, I'll go to Southern California. But those are valid points. I think it's funny how we literally have complete opposite opinions on the same things. But yeah. hey, we'll For see. For the same maybe, reasons. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll change as, you know, it actually happens. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I did also think this was interesting. There was an announcement that USC and UCLA would be full members when they join in 2024, um, as opposed to having to go through a probationary period. Um, It feels like maybe that was part of the deal for them to come to the Big Ten, as opposed to perhaps joining another conference. Um, But I don't know. I don't think that's too big of a deal at the end of the day. Nebraska's probationary period obviously didn't matter too much nor right. yeah <laughs> yeah i was about to bring up how the last three editions who was it nebraska maryland and Rutgers. yeah 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 because they had to go on the probationary period but yeah i'm sure that usc and ucla wanted to ensure they were going to be full members but 
yeah, I don't think it'll be a problem. Just an interesting tidbit. Hold on. I need to go back to your previous point because I do have a counterpoint on the point of Rutgers and Maryland in the Big Ten. Okay. At this point, do you consider Maryland women's basketball to be a Big Ten program? And like, would you feel comfortable claiming like their successes as the Big Tens? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the Big Ten in terms of women's basketball. So I feel like we're just going to see a similar transition with USC and UCLA and a lot of those sports, or at least that is my hope. Okay. Also, like men's and women's lacrosse, like Maryland obviously dominates. Right. Yeah, that's fair. But I'm just a lacrosse person. Who knows? Yeah. Um, speaking of expansion, but in areas that we probably agree on, uh, both Kevin Warren and Gene Smith commented on college football playoff expansion. Um, we all remember how famously the 12-team playoff proposal, which would feature six automatic bids and six at-large bids, got shot down last summer following the announcement of Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC. Um, but, you know, new year, new summer, new media days, might as well talk a new college football expansion deal. I mean, you have to. Like, it's it's inevitable, I feel like. It's definitely going to be expanded in the next few years. The question is just how many teams. And Gene Smith was talking 16 teams, which, dang, that's that's pretty big. But honestly... I'm in support of it, obviously. Yeah, like you said, we're both on the same page about playoff expansion, but I want it to happen as soon as possible. I am so tired of seeing the same four teams. I don't know how the rest of the country isn't either. I would love to see some some expansion, some new teams in there, some underdogs. So, uh, hey, as many teams as they want to let in, honestly, I'm fine with it. I was surprised by the 16 number as well. Uh, heck, I would be ecstatic with like a 16 playoff and, you know, two playing games essentially. Mm-hmm. But uh, Kevin Warren didn't comment on a number. He just said, you know, it's time to expand and the environment, like we're starting to see the dust settle. Um, it might not feel that way, but we are seeing where college football is going in terms of these super conferences. Um, it's not a rumor anymore. It's actually a reality. So what the college football playoff ultimately does will remain to be seen, but it does kind of have to expand. Um, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, Megan, I also wanted to talk about, um, with media days this week, they also announced big 10 preseason honors and CJ Stroud go figure was the only unanimous selection in the big 10. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, he was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. But, hey, I was kind of surprised that, like, I may just be a homer for this, but how was JSN and Travion also not unanimous? Like, come on. Did anyone watch JSN in the Rose Bowl or at all last season? And obviously Travion. So, I don't know, a little butthurt about that, I guess. But obviously just happy that our little trio there um, – receive these honors but yeah obviously Stroud had to be unanimous or else I swear there probably would have been extreme rage on social media yeah well I thought what was so interesting was I mean Ohio State had three selections um the east and the west each only had five Mm -hmm. selections for preseason honorees Ohio State had three and Travion Henderson Jackson Smith and Jigba and CJ Stroud um and then there was one player from Michigan, Jake Corum, and then wide receiver from Michigan State, Jaden Reed. Uh, only Wisconsin 
had multiple players selected besides Ohio State. They had both Braylon Allen and then linebacker Nick Herbig. Um, which, I don't know. Obviously, Ohio State is stacked, but when you basically have your three skill positions as your selections, I feel like that's just a testament to how good the offense is and folks' perceptions of just how good Ohio State will be. No, right. Yeah. And bottom line, interesting. take that, Michigan. You might have won the battle, but you've lost the war. And it's only the season. Come on. All they have is their running back. And there's only one other quarterback on the entire list. It's Aiden O'Connell from Purdue. So that's kind of interesting as well. I mean, obviously Stroud is the best in the Big Ten, but hey, we got some defensive – a lot of defensive – oh, no, not too many. But I don't know, just an interesting – selection for, of positions I feel like you know yeah definitely an interesting grouping I wonder why they don't do it like like the postseason honors where you have someone from every position but right it's the Big Ten's prerogative I suppose <laughs> indeed hey and three from Ohio State so not complete. and three from Ohio State <laughs> well that's been fun uh excited to see more coming out of big 10 media days uh jackson smith and jigba is supposed to go so we'll hear from him uh which will be super fun um but beyond that uh we do have some bold predictions to discuss with you all uh in just a moment but for now we're going to take a short break so stay with us Welcome back. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, this week marks Bold Predictions Week at LGHL. So let's get started with some of our takes. Megan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So I'll start us off with what I wrote my column about this week. I predict that in the first game of the season, Ohio State is going to blow out Notre Dame. And I have a few reasons for this. So I read about this in my article, but I feel like this game is kind of comparative to Ohio State Minnesota last year, but Notre Dame will be like how Ohio State was last year. Just kind of a new squad trying to figure things out. You know, it's their first game of the season and first year head coach, first year quarterback coming into the shoe for the first week of the season. I, I mean, Tyler Buchner, the quarterback, he's gotta be feeling some butterflies. And obviously, 100,000 screaming fans aren't going to make it better. So I think they're definitely going to at least have a shaky first half. And I think that Ohio State is definitely going to take advantage of that. Obviously, with our new look defense as well, that's not going to help Buchner any. So I don't know. I'm pretty confident that it's not going to be that close of a game. I think it might be a blowout. That is bold. Um <laughs> It's so interesting. I really don't know what to think about Notre Dame. Obviously, they have a great team. What Marcus Freeman is able to do with them remains a question. And also, unlike every other year of my life, this is the first time where I'm like, I don't know if I want Notre Dame to be terrible because I love Marcus Freeman. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I'm like, he's an Ohio State guy. Like... I don't know. I'll root for him, just not against Ohio State. It's it's true. How much does it <laughs> suck though that like that's his first like real like first regular season game as head coach is at your alma mater on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I know. At Ohio State, like 
projected Big Ten champion, all of these things. Um, anyway, well, on that note, uh, my first bold prediction, um, and the reason this is bold is because it's really like going to be a challenge to beat, but I think we will see uh, Big Ten attendance records broken this season across the conference. Um, I wrote my column about this too. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State have all averaged more than 100,000 fans at their games over the last five years. Uh, obviously, 2020 not included in that data. Um, Notre Dame will certainly be a sellout. But what's interesting is as you go down the conference to teams that don't traditionally sell out, Iowa has already sold out five of its seven home games. Wow. I, I mean, I feel like some of this has to be due to, I mean, now the pandemic's kind of ramping up again. But last year, fans were still kind of wary about going out to sporting events. But now this year, I feel like people are just ready to get right back into it. And obviously, that's kind of changing right now. But I don't know. I think people just want to get back to their stadiums and root for their teams. So that might, you know, have some reasoning to do with these sellouts. For sure. I think this is, you know, we got so comfortable with the at-home experience and we were actually seeing like a dip in in person mm-hmm. um, before the pandemic. But now we're just like, we've been at home too much and we need to get out of the house. Right. So I think willingness <laughs> to pay for these experiences is definitely high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People are starting to realize, hey, maybe it is more fun to scream along with hundreds to 100,000 other people in person instead of just you and like one other person on the couch. Definitely an experience that I missed during the pandemic. So going along still with Ohio State football, I predict that Guy Scott is going to go off this season. I think it'll finally be his year. Um, Obviously, the past two years, he's kind of sat behind Jeremy Ruckert and hasn't really gotten a full opportunity to show off what he can do. But I think that, you know, since record is gone, he'll step into that tight end role. And I'm excited to see what he can do. He was super hyped up um, in high school, a highly ranked recruit, and we haven't really got to see that. So I think that this is going to be the year where, you know, he goes off and shows the world what he can do. I like it. I also like the prediction because I would desperately love Ohio State to leverage its tight ends more. <laughs> yeah, I know. I read about that last year. Um, and obviously, obviously we're wide receiver you, but hey, got to share some love to tight ends as well. So well, I'm excited. Like when, you, when you have a weapon at tight end and you have so many weapons on the outside and you have Travion Henderson, you are literally unstoppable because who are... Who will the defense sell out to? <laughs> what are they right. going to do about it? You Literally. simply don't have the personnel to match. It's There's very few defenses, like Georgia and Alabama are two of them, that have enough personnel to be able to match up across the field. Um, right. Big 10-wise, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Sticking with Ohio State football as well, uh, I'm going to predict that CJ Stroud will have fewer passing yards and touchdowns than he did last season hear me out. Uh, The reason for this is I think that we will see the offense balance more toward a rushing attack, similar to what we saw with our last two national title games. Obviously, 2002 is a very long time ago, and football was a very different sport then and even in 2014. Um, But having that balanced rushing attack that we saw 
in those seasons and a stronger focus on defense that we'll talk to in a minute. Um, I think that will have an impact on Stroud and his overall stats. So I'm going to have to disagree with that one. I think he's going to have more passing yards and more touchdowns. And it actually ties into my next prediction. I think he's going to break JT Barrett's record for career passing yards. So JT sits at around 9,400. Stroud is currently at 4,400. But honestly, I think he can do it. I, I mean, just with these receivers, and like you mentioned, even our tight ends, I just feel like there's no way that, you know, his passing stats are going to go down. I just feel like it's inevitable that they go up. But, I mean, we'll see. We might have, you know, I think just everything's going to go up. I think there probably will be more rushing, but I don't think that's going to take away from the passing game either. So I guess I guess we'll see. But that is certainly a bold prediction from you, Meredith. You're right. And perhaps the rising tide will lift all boats. Um, we're, you know, we'll see what the, happens with the offensive line this year. Um, mm-hmm. The other piece, too, is like if maybe again, maybe all of these things will happen, like you said, uh, right. but maybe it'll be Stroud throws for five touchdowns in the first half and then sits on the bench and Henderson takes over in the second half. True. Uh, True. What these game plans look like uh, remain to be seen, but. You know, lots of – it's an embarrassment of riches on the offense, and I think mm-hmm. we can all agree on that. Hey, I'm not mad about it. As long as we win games, I don't care how it gets done. I'm just excited to see all the pieces move together. Um, so flipping to the other side of the ball, uh, I do think we'll see more defense. I think we have hit our low point. Yeah, you can And now, knock on wood – uh, we will rebound upward. Um, maybe it will take a couple games. Obviously, it doesn't help that Notre Dame is our first game, but uh, with all of the defensive recruits we've been able to get this offseason, it might take them a couple games to develop under Jim Knowles. Um, obviously, his defensive set uh, will take some time to gel uh, in actual gameplay. But I think like the defense could actually be a force this year as opposed to just a unit that sort of gets by, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I agree. Honestly, I might be more excited to see our defense and how, you know, our new look defense than our offense because our defense has just been, it's been our weakness, I'm going to say, the past few years. And Jim Knowles, I just have total confidence in him. And like you said, our recruits, CJ Hicks and Sunny Styles, super hyped up. So I'm excited to see them. And I just feel like this is going to be a breakout season for a lot of players. You know, I think Jack Sawyer and JTT, I think this is finally going to be their year. Um, our secondary, I think they're just going to go off this year too. So I'm super excited. It, I mean, it's got to be an improvement from last year. I pray. It's, it's got to be better than last year. Um, but the question is just how much better. And I, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be um, a lot better. I think it's going to be good. So I'm excited. Fingers crossed. Yes, please. <laughs> um, but moving off the football front, switching to men's basketball. So we lost a lot of players this year, including EJ Liddell and Malachi Burnham. But I still think that we might not be terrible this year. 
you know, I mean, we have, we do still have some solid returnees in Eugene Brown and obviously Zaiki. And then we got Justice Suing come back. Heck, Seth Towns is going back for like his 10th season. But then we have a bunch of transfers too, you know. It's kind of a young team without them, but they bring that veteran presence and that leadership that this team is definitely going to need. And Chris Holman seems super excited about them. Obviously, we got some highly touted freshmen coming in. So we might not be terrible. I think we're going to be pretty solid. I don't think we're going to be as good as last year, but hey, I don't think we're going to be last. So we should be around a 500 team, my prediction. <laughs> is that is that not terrible for you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, we're not, not a winning record, not a losing record. Just there. Just not terrible. Yeah. Um, that sort of ties in with my next prediction. Uh, Bratton, well, I wrote about this with Brett this week, but I mm-hmm. predicted that Rutgers – uh, we'll finish fourth or higher in the Big Ten East, which I feel like is a really like lame prediction. Like this team will finish in the middle of the road. Um, but in order to do that, like they would have to beat one of Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like they can do it. Um, Greg Schiano coming back for what is it, his third season now. Um, he's finally getting his personnel uh onto the field um last year was you know it was what it was uh but Rutgers has shown promise under Shiano uh and I just it I don't know Megan it's no fun when they're terrible yeah it does stink when they're the laughing stock of the Big Ten I didn't realize this they actually finished I think it was third in 2014 when they joined the conference that is so long ago, though. Um, which is it's so long ago, but it is so interesting to think about. <laughs> um, they beat they beat out Michigan that year, which is fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you know, having like the Big Ten East is obviously such a well in terms of balance when you have four teams that are really good year in and year out, um, and then Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers. Like it's kind of cool to think about Rutgers becoming a fifth team. Um, Obviously, those three teams kind of rotate in terms of who will be competitive and who will be that kind of upset team mm-hmm. um, each year. But this year, I think it's going to be Rutgers. So that's my that's my hill. Then who do you think will be at the bottom of the Big Ten East? Who's going to take their spot? Uh, Maryland. Okay. <laughs> Maryland's going to be bad this year. You think? Um, but the team that I think they're going to beat out, I think they're going to beat out Penn State. I just feel like mm. James Franklin, yeah, he got that big contract extension, but he's just been kind of milk toast at Penn State lately. <laughs> okay, interesting way to describe him. But all right, fair. Um, moving on from Rutgers talk, talking about the pros for a little bit. This is probably like super controversial, but I think that Trey Lance is going to stink. I don't think he's going to be anything great. Um, You know, the 49ers just basically said that this is his team now. They're looking to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. But I don't know. I just really don't see the Trey Lance hype. Um, He doesn't have that many weapons surrounding him besides Debo Samuel. and. I don't know. I just, I'm not, I don't have high hopes for him. The North Dakota State standout. So 
We'll see, but I don't have much confidence in his success. We'll see. We all saw how it went with Carson Wentz. Um, yeah. Might see some flashes of greatness, but ultimately, no. End up losing to the Jaguars to end your season. So. I I want him to be good. I love Kyle Shanahan, and I feel mm-hmm. like he can do so much with offenses. So, like, I, I agree. It feels like he's not set up for success, but I think – like he might surprise everyone in the system. I feel like Shanahan wouldn't have gotten rid of uh, Garoppolo if he didn't think that Lance had the potential to fill in. And like the other piece too is it's not like Lance is a rookie having to come in. Sorry, Zach Wilson. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he like he has had a chance to sit on the bench to learn the system to play like some snaps. Um, and so. Maybe he'll not stink. We'll see. Okay. Maybe he'll be average. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like the odds are definitely not in his favor. Um, mm-hmm. So my last bold prediction, uh, alluded to this earlier, maybe a moot point with Julio Jones, but Tom Brady and the Bucks will miss the playoffs. Maybe. I hope. <laughs> I hope too. But honestly, I doubt it. I feel like he would not return from his retirement if he wasn't, like, fully confident. Like, this is my year. Like, this might be his last year, and he's going to want to go out with at least a playoff run. So, I don't know. I think I'm wrong. Um, But the reason (laughs) I included this is because I was watching. (laughs) Have you seen that Hertz commercial? It comes on, like, Hulu. Yeah. Is that the one with, like, oh, what does he say? He's like, let's go. Maybe all I needed was a vacation. I'm coming back. (laughs) So I saw that and I like there was so much flip flopping earlier this summer and I and then the spring and I was like to my husband, Dave, like, I forget. Is Tom Brady coming back or not? There's been so (laughs) many like back and forth that I can't remember. Um, So I'm really just hoping he's going to he's going to miss the playoffs and be like, all right, I'm going to retire. For good. Doubtful, but one can hope. One can hope. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> that's all we've got. Uh, before we wrap up the show, Megan, do you have any shout out? Yeah. So I wanted to shout out a Columbus athlete, Abby Steiner. She runs track um, and she ran at Kentucky. Um, and now she is competing at the world championship. She finished fifth in the 200 meter final, which was the highest finish for an American. Um, and I thought it was super cool. She went to Dublin Kaufman, which is a Columbus high school. I have some friends who went there. So it's kind of cool to see a local athlete now competing at the world championships. So shout out to her. Great work. That's awesome. Congrats, Abby. <laughs> I'm going to shout out my dog, Ruthie, because today is her ninth adoption day. Aww. And she's been the best. And I love her so much. Uh, and so, yeah. She get all the treats today? She's, hold on, she's not in here. We have, because she's, she's 11. Oh. I need to make sure she's in here. Um, so we got her a lot of Harry Potter themed toys because she's going <laughs> to like get her Hogwarts letter this year, obviously. Oh. Um, but. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. No, uh, she's the best. Um, if you feel so inclined, uh, volunteer or make a donation to your local animal shelter, 
Um, because yeah, animals are the best. They are. They change your life. Oh, happy yep. birthday, Ruthie. Thank you. Well, she says thanks, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> all right. That's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hustline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LangRant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.